Hello and welcome to the Catholic Nerds Podcast, your horrifying source for quality Catholic nerdery. This is Scott, Cody, Mary, Colby, Eric, and our very special guest, Emma. Yeah, so we are joined tonight by Emma Frad, who is, along with her husband, David Cruz, launching a new Catholic record label called Enemy Love. And you can learn more about Enemy Love at enemylove.com. You can learn more about David and Emma and all their musicians at enemylove.com. So this might be a little confusing, but we have been talking with David Cruz and Emma Frad for some time now. Those talks will be part of some upcoming episodes, but we wanted to bring you a special Halloween episode about our discussion of horror books, especially horror books that we can read as Catholics. So we'll jump right into that conversation that is already underway. Yeah, me and my brother Matt write um, horror stories. Oh, awesome. Are y'all, is that just for for your consumption? Is that, are y'all sharing yeah. those? You can find us on Apple Podcasts. It's Sibling Horror. We probably have about, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 stories out there on wow. YouTube as well. Oh, it's so um, cool. Yeah. We get this guy, his name's Soren Narnia. It's like stage name. He's also a podcast horror fiction writer who's incredible. He, he writes for a podcast called Knife Point Horror, but he narrates our stories. Um, so, yeah, we've done that for a while. And you can, some of them, the first like 15 or so, we uh, kind of put as a book that you can buy on horribleamazon.com. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a book and there's a podcast, but awesome. yeah. That's really cool. I did nice. a, a book on, you know, that's why I was saying, speaking of Ouija boards, I did a book on Catholic exorcism, just um, kind of going through the classic exorcisms and, you know, what's separating fact from fiction and realizing that, yeah, a lot of this is lends more towards fact than just Hollywood making it up. Like, right. um, like uh, exorcism, of, but so many of them, began with Ouija boards and so that you know there are lots of exorcism books out there they're not told from the correct perspective you know the perspective of the people actually doing the exorcisms so I that's why I want to put one out there so people if they're interested in this stuff they can be evangelized um subversively maybe but you know I put like the uh prayer to St. Michael at the beginning kind of give hmm. Uh, but I had, uh, speaking of narrators, I had this guy named Alan Turton. He was an old uh, BBC um, narrator, uh, uh, broadcaster, radio broadcaster. And he, uh, but he's got this wonderful, thick, old British accent. And uh, when he, his, he makes what I wrote seem just awesome because of his narrative. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, the British accent will do that. <laughs> yeah that's cool i like that concept we should start doing our podcast with british accents <laughs> oh, no we really shouldn't <laughs> that could well, go horribly wrong <laughs> so kind of speaking on this vein emma if, what <laughs> writing horror stories uh, what <laughs> do you particular do you like a particular genre of horror or do you <laughs> Okay, I can't. Um, I, I guess my what what I want to 
uh, what I'm most interested in is uh, what is your favorite like monster in terms of horror? Oh man. I'm going to answer your British question first because I can. Um, I would say that a lot of horror out there is garbage. Like the majority of it is just horrible. There's just too much sex and too much gore and it's just not smart. It's not good storytelling. So I'd say my favorite kind of horror is like really strange horror, like not even necessarily like horribly horrible, but like, like my brother told me this, uh, my brother told me this concept. He had for an idea for a story once. And it was, there's been a man standing outside my house for a year. <laughs> and, um, I'm already oh, scared. So yeah. like, who is this? <laughs> and he actually, right. the, our last sibling horror story that we posted, um, he's just outside my house or something, is like, a, that one's cool. Matt does a bit of um, voice acting in that. The, the concept is there's this guy outside his house and he doesn't know who he is and he eventually goes out there and it's really cool. You should listen to it. But um, Definitely, yeah. So I would say because my favorite kind of horror is like strange, I think I do like the horror where like you don't really know, like something new, like something you've never thought of before. Like one of our horror stories is about this guy wakes up in the middle of the night and he like looks out the back of his window and there's this older woman sitting on like his kid's swing, but she's got these like gigantic long arms that go like all the way up to the top of the swing and she's not swinging from the swing she's swinging from the bar <laughs> oh, yeah kind of like snaking up like just yeah mm. um so but having said that david and i recently watched um some old horror films we watched like creature of the black lagoon and we watched dr jekyll and mr hyde i would say dr jekyll and mr hyde that was a favorite of me i actually like wept at the end because I don't know if any of you have seen it or know the concept of it but the concept is this guy Dr Jekyll and he's he's trying to figure out a way to like split the the person in two so that people can only live good and not live Mm -hmm. bad but in doing so he creates this really bad version of himself um, Mr Hyde and at the end of the story Mr Hyde dies but his butler in the film like starts praying over him the psalm like the lord is my shepherd there's nothing i shall want and uh oh my gosh like obviously a self-reflection moment there was nothing especially evangelical about the film but i just cried because i was like holy crap like um just like that someone can be so evil and so bad but still like gets the mercy of god like still even this butler guy like who's this random character that doesn't really do much like he's just like praying for his master you know and oh, i don't know just anyway that oh, doesn't yeah. usually happen with horror it's not usually as evangelical but the reason i really like horror is because i think there's a lot of horrible things about life and i think horror can be a really cool analogy for suffering and hurt and to sort of embody those sufferings into a monster or something and how people right. deal with that how they deal after the fact yeah nice well, that takes a lot of Flannery O'Connor books, like um, Good Man's Hard to Find, um, mm-hmm. with the Misfit and the horror. I mean, it, it, the whole family is getting executed in that book. You know, so there's an element of horror mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. and redemption at the end. Yeah, yeah. I haven't read a lot of Flannery O'Connor. I think I've um, only read a couple, but I know Matt's a big fan of her and just yeah. Catholic. <laughs> yeah, the the strangeness and grotesqueness of like human um, uh, 
different characters you encounter in the American South. Um, <laughs> yeah, she nails the strangeness component for sure. Yeah. I think that point too made me think about our earlier conversation, like with David, when we were talking about art, right? Like, are you supposed to, not supposed to, it should be enjoyable for art. You actually take the time to sit down and enjoy it for what mm -hmm. it is. And horror, I think, is kind of the antithesis of that to where yeah. it's meant to be jarring to make you stop and, and take in the reality of what you're seeing or experiencing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. I was in the, at the bottle yesterday at the, at the liquor store, as you guys call it. <laughs> the liquor. <laughs> we just call it Walmart. We just call yeah. it Walmart. <laughs> candy, candy is dandy, but liquor is quick. We call it the gas station. <laughs> um. Why was I there? I feel like I should say that. <laughs> we're having this birthday party slash Halloween party for David tonight. And um, this this woman had this like Halloween playlist. It wasn't like the traditional like Halloween music. It was like, and I'm pretty like open. Like I love a lot of weird music, but it was just like horrible, just like yeah. gross, loud man yelling about Halloween. And I was like, oh, I can't shop to this. Like put on mm -hmm. some pink or something. <laughs> <laughs> But um, that's so true. Like, I just was like, I can't do what I'm doing with this in the background. So it, it certainly made me stop. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. it kind of thought about that because um, I hosted another podcast for a nonprofit and we interviewed a few people about the Day of the Dead, Dios de los Muertos. Mm. And that's kind of, I mean, it has a lot of secular ties and origins um, with the actual celebrations. But like you're saying, like there's an element of horror to where reckoning with death is something that is very real and we should all do mm -hmm. and so that festival or that celebration is meant to be that that reckoning of you know we acknowledge death because one is very glorious for us as christians the catholics um but two it's something that we're all going to face and so until you yeah. come to peace with it you're going to maintain that level of fear tempest yeah. fugit memento mori uh -huh. mm -hmm. Thank you, Knights of Columbus. Brought this message brought to you by the Knights of Columbus. <laughs> well, Peter, I was thinking with what y'all are saying that it's like a reminder that we live in a valley of tears because I think something that we, we often try to convince ourselves that we don't live in a valley of tears. It's like, well, maybe, maybe this life could actually be perfect. If we just tried hard enough, this life could be perfect. And it can't, mm. you know? Yeah, right. Define, define try hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> We try very hard. So I, I would be remiss if we were talking about horror films and I don't say that I am a huge fan of like D-level horror movies. Like the like bad. Like movies. just really poorly done. I love like them. killer clowns from outer space kind of thing. No, no, no. no. Yes. Talking about, like, but that, that's actually a classic. Like you, yeah. you can't talk about it. I'm talking about like guess Trolls Sharknado. 2, which is like Sharknado. Yeah, Sharknado. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> there's sharknado five there's five of them and they're all amazing like oh, amazingly bad how can we meet cody bad, but they're yep. beautiful they're so fun to watch and just be in for that you know hour and a half just cast all reality aside because it's just kind of fun you know um Man. i've never seen sharknado or oh my gosh oh, you, yeah, it's you hilarious so I my my maiden name um was was nato but some people would say nato and and um it's not spelled like the end of tornado but cody really he was like we should take your last name so that we could name our kids shark and tour and then they'd be sharknado and tornado that'd be great 
but we didn't do that. <laughs> this close, so good. If so nobody close. said it. If nobody said this yet, Cody, I love your mind. <laughs> I love the way you think. I don't get that a lot. <laughs> if gifted trouble then again, right? I'm a so fellow dad. So. <laughs> Um, going back to what I you guess. were saying, Cole, about death, Peter Kreeft, um, he was recently interviewed on Matt's podcast, and mm-hmm. he says, um, death is beautiful, dying isn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, like, the process of dying is going to be horrible, but, like, death is just the best thing ever. Because you oh, what's, this, what's that song? Was it, um, it wasn't a Brother Arthur, or was it? But song, everybody wants, no, it's, uh, oh, shoot, what's his name? Dave? Christian artist. I can't even think of it anymore. Dave. Everybody. Yeah, I can't remember. It's like name. how you said it, Dave. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that the name of the oh, yeah. in the Penguins movie? Yeah. yeah. But the, the song is Everybody Wants to Go to Heaven, but Nobody Wants to Die. Right. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Is it David Crowder band? Is that yes. David Crowder sings version of that. Yes. Yes, um, that's so true. I mean, it's kind of like birth. Like having a baby is beautiful. The buildup, not so much. <laughs> like labor not so much of all going back to my question about what your favorite movie monster was um i always i came to the realization maybe probably the last year or so that i believe that undead like undead like zombies and vampires and stuff like that i believe they are the perfect in a sense and antip- antithesis to uh, Christianity whereas you know you, you think about the Eucharist and Jesus being like you know this is my body given up for you whereas the undead are like this is your body I'm taking it unto me and this just this the the hunger that comes with it and in, in trying to in try to consume life trying to take in what they can't you know, experience anymore. Um, I, I, I just, I just think that's taking a, taking aside the like violence of it and stuff. I I just think the concept of the undead is just, just a great, you know, other than I, I guess, you know, demons and stuff like that, you know, obviously that's the real antithesis to our faith, but, um, in, in terms of moving monsters, I think uh, zombies like fit more of that bill. Well, zombies and ghosts, so when you think about it, um, I mean, if we are human, we're body and spirit, right? Integrated. Right. Yeah. Those two things are, again, the antithesis of those two right. items. So that's why ghosts and zombies yeah. are so scary because it's a spirit without a body or it's a body without a spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And those are the things that we, we are afraid of you know, in a way, because that is death. Um, I mean, a zombie, a zombie is kind of like, it's, it's the resurrection of the body without that, that glorification. Right. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, it's a mockery of resurrection. It's, it's reanimation. It's not, it's imperfect. It's, it's not the same thing. And the, the same thing with vampires, you've got a mockery of the Eucharist that they want to drink the blood because the life is in it. Um, but it's it's a life. It's, it's when you um, when you receive the cup unworthily, you drink death upon yourself. It's that's what it is for the vampire. Interesting. It's yeah. an and it's an endless death too, because it's 
taking upon that, trying to take upon that life, but yet it doesn't uh, give life. I was teaching some kids because kids are fascinated. Like middle schoolers love talking about Adam and Eve and like what was actually going on there. You know, the, the serpent, the dragon, the, but the tree of life, right? Like they were cast out of Eden, lest they eat freely from the tree of life, right? The tree of life, which gives immortality, but they would have been stuck in this state, this abomination state of being mortal sin. Hmm. So they, and you're like, well, what is, what is that creature? What monster is that, that lives forever, but is its soul is dead. You know, that's kind of the germ for all of our monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Scott, did you, you mentioned about um, your zombie novels? Your zombie novels. Oh yeah. If you're interested, this was just kind of like a fun um just put all my friends in a a zombie apocalypse and i made the cajun um i mean it is cajun but the catholic zombie apocalypse um yeah i'll have to send you the ebooks or well audiobooks if you want um i also because i tried to reclaim what is truly horrific Uh, i wrote a horror novel um about abortion which i don't think anyone's done that you know um because mm. it's not you're not allowed to do that uh, argument it was called roe versus wade anyway yeah. <laughs> good point <laughs> <Reality>. <laughs> but um so it's basically what if the uh aztec god demon you know to which they sacrifice their children were to open up an abortion clinic in <laughs> in america <laughs> And, uh, just the way you say that like i just picture him like just walking out front putting up a little sign and, you know well, he just opened up an abortion if you're uh, i don't know if you're uh are you a stephen king fan or not i was growing up i've tried to read him since i came to know the lord and i just i find him too abrasive agreed that i'm the exact same way i was growing up as a teenager loved stephen king books but i tried it again and i'm just like eh yeah so my only affinity, my only affinity in connection with him is that we share a birthday. Nice. <laughs> nice. I tell you who was a fun read uh, for certain number of her books, Anne Rice. Yeah, she oh, yeah. I grew up her. reading her, but wasn't memorable. Did you enjoy Interview with a Vampire? Well, and she became so Catholic. she. I, I enjoyed a lot of her writings oh. while she was Catholic, and she's local. To our, she's she's also a local yeah, writer. So, so a lot of the stuff that she writes, like we recognize as yeah. like, we, oh, I know that street, you know, I've been there before kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it, I think that probably makes it a little more entertaining for us. Um, but yeah, uh, I liked a lot of her stuff while she was Catholic. Um, I, I enjoyed the movies of, you know, Interview with the Vampire and Queen of the Damned and stuff like that. She's not. No, she's dead. Yeah, yeah, and died. But she died. She died. Yeah. Maybe. God's death. She might. She might be back with the Lord. You don't know. Maybe it's possible. It's possible. So, besides you and Matt, what? Who are your favorite uh, horror novelists? Uh, my all-time favorite is the aforementioned soren narnia who writes knife point horror um he has books on amazon but he mainly has a podcast and i would highly recommend that all of his stories 
And we base our stories off this model as well. All of his stories are like a one man usually. He's getting into audio dramas now, but if you look, if you start with his back catalogue, it's just like one man recounting um, just like something that happened to him. So it's like he's recounting a historical event. So it's all very like on this day at this time I did this. Um, But it's, it's just good. It's not like overly acted. There's not unnecessary like music. It's just like one guy telling you his story kind of thing. That's kind of, that reminds me of like your classic, like Frankenstein, Dracula, you know, it's just kind of a one man, and Jekyll and Hyde, I think too. Yeah. What I love about him, I heard him say in an interview once, which I was happy to hear because sometimes when you're into horror horror writers, you think like, oh, are you going to write a story that's just crap one day and just really secular? (laughs) But he said in an interview, uh, there was this one woman, um, Joyce Carol Oates. I don't know if you've heard of her. Um, I took an online short story masterclass from her once um, and she's got some horror and it's just so bad like just don't even read it so bad and he mentioned on his podcast because the interviewer was asking him about it and he was like oh she goes somewhere like I don't even want to go and I don't want to take my listeners and I was like awesome thank you you're just like safe (laughs) (laughs) I I love him because he's I don't know it's good good horror (laughs) yeah have you ever heard of manly Wade Wellman oh (laughs) <laughs> I always want to, and the name I always want to screw up. Um, he he <laughs> writes a lot of Appalachian horror. I think he was originally like a comic book writer, but he grew up in Appalachia and he collected a lot of these folk tales and then kind of added his own bit to him, like The Old Gods Awaken. The Old Gods Awaken is one of them. Um, I can I'll send you the link or something. It's really it's really good, um, and it's not you know, it's clean. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. I'd love to check it out. Well, we're going to go move it into a real quick, small segment of what you reading. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What am I reading? Uh, I'm reading, well, I stopped reading it because it was due back at the library and someone else reserved it. So I, couldn't <laughs> I, know, I know that feeling. <laughs> it, it's not all right. It's it's a psychological book. It's called The Body Keeps the Score. It's just all oh. about the brain and how your body remembers things. And yeah, it's super interesting. Um, what did I read last? Uh, honestly, I, must- I was getting into reading uh, some Firefly novels. <laughs> <laughs> I've pretty um, much read all the Star Wars expanded universe, so I'm sure Firefly's got its own brand. Amazing. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, you say the book, The Body Keeps a Score. I've heard of it recently. A close friend of mine is doing trauma counseling, and they were recommended that book. Oh, yeah. Um, it's great. It's Some of the examples in the book are very, uh, what's the word, extreme, <laughs> but helps get the point across. And um, yeah, it's super interesting anybody else reading anything interesting i guess so i just finished think again by adam grant Um, so adam grant is a harvard professor uh organizational psychologist so he talks ted talks and all the big fancy stuff uh that book think again is about how our it's not to say prejudice but how our initial reactions to something could oftentimes either be skewed or not the best way to look at it so just taking the moment to think about it 
again or from a different perspective oftentimes leads to better outcomes. Mm. Um, the reason I was picking up uh, one, I actually won it in a contest from joining a webinar. So that's why I got it, it was free. Uh, but a consultant that I'm working with at work, uh, learning innovative methods, um, recommended it. And it's all about how uh, thinking about something differently. It's not just about trying to consider alternative perspectives, but it's, I forget exactly how they say it, but oftentimes, I don't go too far to weeds. It's interesting. Pick it up and read it. Um, <laughs> but it's just about how in situations like the, he tries to challenge how in the business world, people always go to like best practices, mm -hmm. right? How you should learn what other people do well and then emulate that or put that into your own practice. But yes, it does work in many cases, but oftentimes best practices are also very limiting. So uh, thinking about something differently can lead to better outcomes. Uh, and the example used was some firefighters about how oftentimes firefighters, when they fight wildfires, they, um, they're taught to do things very specific ways. And this guy found a way to survive actually being in the middle of a fire and trapped. And what he did was instead of taking his tools to dig a hole or try to figure out a way, he actually set a separate fire to burn off all the grass and the fuel in the area. And then stayed in the middle of it so that when the fire actually got to him, it had no fuel yeah, and went around him. So wow. it's just like, so it was just, yeah, it's like, you know, in, when you're in situations, it's not just like, what are you trained to do? Or what do you think is the best thing to do? It was like, okay, how can you think differently about the situation to make it better for you? Interesting. Anyways, Brilliant. just finished that. What I'm reading now uh, is the sexual state by Dr. Jennifer Rebeck Morse. Yeah. So Scott and I, <laughs> Scott's, yeah. <laughs> Scott, Scott and I, uh, Dr. Jennifer Beck Morse is the founder of the Ruth Institute, um, which is a think tank that does a lot of research and events on family culture and marriage and divorce and a lot of things and how it affects society. She hosted mm -hmm. or hosts an annual seminar called the survivors of the sexual revolution summit for survivors. And Scott and I were able to go this year to that conference and do some interviews with some of the other speakers. Uh, and that's one of her most recent books that she published. Cool. Yep. So just started that. Awesome. Awesome. I am, uh, I'm currently reading the, uh, the Civil War Marvel run. Yeah. Marvel Civil nice. War. Yeah. Lots of fun. Uh, and I just picked up from the library yesterday, uh, Silence. Uh, by Indo. Indo, yeah, yeah. Um, a buddy of mine recommended it for kind of like a uh, uh, a book study type thing, a book club. Uh, so uh, we're supposed to read it in like a month, and uh, then we're going to discuss it. So I don't know what it is. They uh, apparently it was assigned by one of my favorite teachers at the seminary. After I left the seminary, she assigned it to every class. So I don't know what this is about me, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> probably nothing. <laughs> probably nothing. No. And, uh, um, Knights of Kylo, uh, Kylo Ren, Adam driver, the actor there, I think he played in the, yeah. the movie version of silence that just came out recently. Yep. I, the, the book, you know, a lot of your, uh, great spiritual directors will, uh, Jesuits love it, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure it went heretical at the end. It's uh, kind of a retelling of Judas. 
Okay, well, that's exciting. And then I get to tell all the guys I love heresy. Heretical. Heresy is the best. (laughs) Not really. Uh, We're all shaking our heads, guys. Wait, wait, wait. Is it heresy or hearsay? Uh, Uh, That's inadmissible. (laughs) You're inadmissible. But yeah, closer to apostasy, even. So, I mean, not that. Oh, that's exciting. Not that the book commits it, but its treatment of apostasy is kind of the crux of the whole book. So just to come when you tell us what you thought about it, I'd be interested. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I finally finished Canticle for Leibowitz. Have y'all heard of that? It's no. like it's like the classic Catholic sci-fi novel. Uh, oh. It's like it's post-apocalyptic Earth. Um, and this monastic order was kind of randomly created to preserve the writings of Leibowitz, um, which was like this, they, there's like nothing left from our civilization. And they found some like random papers from a guy that was in a bomb shelter and they kind of create a monastery about it. And anyway, it takes you through like several hundred years and iterations of, of um, the monastery and but it's pretty it's it's um it's really well written really good book also reading Uh, we lost scott Scott? yeah maybe not he might be pausing for effect let's see (laughs) no i don't i don't ever believe that's the case guys can always say something yeah no scott doesn't pause for effect well while he's doing that i guess i can go um yeah, so I, I just finished reading The Silmarillion again. Um, I think after the fifth time, I'm starting to really like get these stories concrete in my brain. Um, uh, I'm like, well, I finished The Silmarillion in audiobook, and now I, I'm also collecting a lot of uh, of these deluxe versions of uh, Tolkien. Oh, there he goes. Uh, <laughs> the Tolkien. Uh, um or just all his uh middle earth stuff so i got uh history of middle earth the nature of middle earth i got children of Hurin, um baron and luthien the fall of gondolin is in the mail should be here in a couple weeks um oh wow yeah i'm looking at the letters of uh tolkien as well where he kind of goes into more detail of, of different um things about middle earth um but i've i i'm having the struggle like actually and, and kind of going back to the uh, the topic of uh, you know sitting sitting and just being in the moment and uh, taking in art, um, I, I just have this struggle of just sitting down to read a book. Like I can do audio books because I have a I have an hour commute every day to work, so mm-hmm. it's it's easy just to listen to the story. But every time I sit down and try to read like read physically a book i start to fall asleep like literally fall asleep Mm. and um even when it's a story i love i'm sorry sorry to interrupt you just um welcome back scott eric was just sharing about how he has a hard time reading a book because he falls asleep yeah (laughs) i'm just saying you might actually just be really tired like i was fell asleep in adoration the other day i was so looking to this because david and i have started doing no screens on sunday and I was like, can we just go to adoration, but literally all day. <laughs> so I went to adoration <laughs> half an hour in and I'm just asleep. And um, I was like, 
tempted to be annoyed, but I was like, you know what? I think I'm just actually tired. So I, I wonder if you like took a nap and woke up, if you would have the energy to read the book. Maybe yeah. not, but maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because I mean, usually the, the time that I get to actually read is after I've come home from work and after I've been dealing with kids all day or mm. all day as in the last three hours before bedtime. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess the, once I get that, that time to sit down and see their I'm reading or or I'm working on podcast stuff or um or I just kind of I I almost kind of default to just playing video games and then I know that's not a good use of my time especially when it's I mean I, I guess I could see the justification in it when it's it's a game that has like really, a really good story and, and some kind of value to it with with the interaction and entertainment of playing it but I kind of default to things that I've played like a million times um, just because it's familiar and I can relax. Um, mm. But it's just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not finding that fulfillment in it, in it anymore, I guess, which is, uh, yeah, I don't know. So. so the question might help, or at least I would ask for determining between audio books versus reading. Do you know what your learning style is? I don't know. And I don't even know how to determine that, I guess. I mean, I guess. I mean, you work on, in the radio industry. Yeah. Are you are you an audible learner? That's the question I would ask. I get, yeah, I guess I, I think I'm a better audible learner. Cause I I remember in school, like I I gathered more information from from the lectures compared to the homework, you mm-hmm. know? So I guess that yeah, I guess I'm a better audible learner. Ding ding ding. So <laughs> but that means I'm exactly I bought all these physical books, though. Yeah. <laughs> and now yeah, I have to rebuy them. They look nice on the shelf. They look yeah. nice on the shelf. Yeah, they do. Because I got the they're the Three nice like, deluxe versions, and they got the slip cover, and they're beautiful. I've done um, the exact same thing. I bought a book, and then the next month, use an Audible credit because I got the exact same books. So I'm like, right. yeah, yeah. You can always okay. do both. You can always listen to yeah. it while you're reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't like. I mean, but then it's like, why did I spend the money on the physical book that, when I could have just bought the auto book? I because guess books are nice uh, to have. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I could sit down and like play the audio and, and read it as I'm listening to it too, I suppose. And then I can start making notes and things like that. I don't know, but anyway, I'm talking too much about me. Scott is back. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott, we lost much. you as you were sharing your second book. Yeah. Um, so have y'all seen or heard of this book, The Spirit of the Liturgy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, is that backwards? Okay. I have heard of that. So I I didn't realize I was rereading it, which is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a I it was a sign. You off. <laughs> um the notes in the margin. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. But no, I bought a new copy of the book. But um uh, so Colby's uh, uncle is Dr. Brant Petrie, who did a lot of the Jewish roots of the insert awesome thing here. And um, this is a I'm catching a lot of uh, Jewish roots of the liturgy in this book, and um, getting that connection between like there's the Avodah prayer, like um, Adam, the temple priests were all told to Shamar and Abodah, the temple, the tabernacle, Eden to protect and to keep. And there's a prayer that the uh, the Jewish priests would say, the Avodah prayer. 
And it's very close to the prayer we uh, say, like at the epiclesis, like make holy, therefore, these gifts. Uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just loving the, the connection between it all. Yeah. Well, going off of that, I'm reading Dr. Grant's book, nice. which is one of his first books that isn't called The Jewish Roots of Something. <laughs> and I don't understand why, because it's, it's, it's his introduction to the spiritual life. But to me, it's like Jesus and the Jewish roots of the spiritual life. Like as I'm reading, I'm like, this would have been perfect for that title framework, but maybe he was told to break away. Yeah, that's it. Is it backwards for you too? I wasn't told to break away. No, no, we're reading it. Yeah. Yeah, we can read this guy. You're good. What what did you say, Colby? His his original kind of positioning of it is meant to be a tribute to St. Francis of Sales, a direction to the devout life. Right, right. So it's supposed to be like a modern lay person's version of that. Yeah. Right. I figured that it was probably something like that, but, um, but yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's wonderful. And um, I love it. And so far the, the big things that have touched me are uh, he's talking about like prayer, fasting and almsgiving, like about halfway through the book and about how Jesus would say, when you fast, like that it was a foregone <laughs> conclusion that we would We're all be fast. fasting regularly i'm like oh shoot and um when you give alms like there would be a foregone conclusion that we would all be giving alms regularly in a very like radical way like you know if he asks something of you give it to him immediately you know um and it's just a a beautiful beautiful uh, he's just so always um he's gonna listen to this and like or he probably won't but if he hears this man this is all gonna go to his head um but (laughs) But also just one of the things that I feel like he should have just written a book about this one thing is he says like, and of course, there's a parallel between the temptation of Adam and Eve and the three temptations of Jesus. Um, And, and he mentions this little passage that I've heard a million times in my life. The three concupiscences uh, in John one or. In, in Genesis, when it says that when Eve saw that it was good to eat and desirable to have or something like that a delight to the eyes eyes, desires to make one wise and desires to make one wise and that there's a parallel between those three things and the three temptations of jesus and the three transcendentals the true good and the beautiful and that and that basically like that the the fruit was it, it it called out to them in that they desired what was true, good, and beautiful, but they were seeking that apart from God, obviously. Um, and that Jesus was then tempted with the true, the good, and the beautiful apart from God. And um, it's just an amazing chapter. Like I was just literally just, my jaw was on the floor reading it. Cause it felt like very, like, how, how did this escape me? All, how did no, how has no one talked about this? How has no one talked about this parallel? So highly recommend five stars. I'm not done reading it yet. <laughs> but but yeah it's the introduction there you go yeah so nah, yeah, yeah we're talking about the type of learner real quick i'm a, I'm a uh i'm a tactile learner okay so mm. we're actually getting ready as a family to do this book that is more tactile um it's written uh co-authored actually by these two guys uh father donald calloway and scott smith it's called <laughs> <laughs> called the this consecration guy, this, to saint joseph this guy, for children Scott and families <laughs> um it, it's really awesome i'm excited to, to start doing this with my family um and this whole show has just been plugs <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
we'll, we'll be doing it for Advent coming up. Uh, and so pretty excited about that. Yeah. I've heard good things about the, about Father Donald Calloway. The Scott um, Smith character. But the though. Scott Smith yeah. guy, I really. Who's this other guy? Who's this schmo? Yeah. <laughs> I can't say. Can't speak to Father that. Don, Father Don Calloway has an Aramis, Aramis Bible cover. Oh, does he? That's so cool. Which, I mean, so in this episode, I don't think we mentioned, can you say what, what the Aramus Leatherworks is? Sure. My husband, David, owns a business in America called Aramus Catholic Leatherworks. And it started as he made leather Bible covers, bravery covers. Um, yeah. Now he oh, missed that. Of other things. <laughs> Cody's, so I missed Cody's that all excited. Episode. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's, that's right up Cody's alley. It's Oremus like, but it's pray, but it's spelled Ore O R E M O O S E. Oremus.com. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. That is that is critical information. That is, yeah. We I'm would have never found it if you hadn't said that. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really awesome. So on the subject of board games, uh <laughs> Wait, we're just okay. jumping everywhere tonight. Shameless yeah. self-plug. Let me see if I can share uh do you this... have a cones of dunshire <laughs> of your own? Uh, how do i share it oh here we go right. i wouldn't be surprised if scott had made a board game he and probably, we just haven't heard of it he probably designed that one eric was talking about can y'all see this okay uh, we can see uh, you said, it says you started screen sharing okay cool so oh there we go um so this is the uh consecration of saint joseph calendar um, that Baradus Catholic uh, created for us. And so each day of the consecration, you know, this is you put on your tabletop, you know, so the kids can have something to focus on. Uh, and there's a sticker for each day. These are the stickers. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. I mean, who doesn't love stickers, right? For our uh, listeners, you can go to... Um... <laughs> it went away it was this huge title users backslash users backslash (laughs) (laughs) five seven three anyways oh yeah that's the pdf yeah where where do we go to get that scott um you can go to marion press um those so marion press that's the people that publish father calloway's consecration of saint joseph um they also publish um saint Faustina's diary they're the only people that have the rights to that Wow. Uh, and uh 33 days of morning glory the mic's so marion press um can get it there um uh, also should be available on amazon that's very cool mm-hmm. but anyway yeah while we're plugging things um <laughs> please uh emma please give us some um some more information on the record label and where we can find it what dates are important, all that good stuff. Sure. So previously on Catholic Nerds podcast, <laughs> there we David go. and I talk about our uh, Catholic record label called Enemy Love Records. You can find us uh, online on Instagram and Facebook to search Enemy Love Records or go to enemyloverecords.com. We have a website. It's yellow. We are, there's three main artists on our label right now. Um, there's myself, my husband, David, and our friend, Shana, who goes by Valer from New Zealand. Um, Y'all see it? Yes. I'm pulling up your website for you. Oh, this is amazing. Great. Um, so, yeah, we have a, a tour coming up in Australia at the end of the year. Um, David's just released an album yesterday. 
these are all our releases this one right here um, right just listen yeah that's it and uh yeah i've got a single coming out next month on november 12th called the last you'll see of me and my album is coming out on november 19th it's called fun sad half the songs are fun and half the songs are sad <laughs> and uh apropos yeah. man this uh this one right here i'm pulling up uh how the other half live at i don't i forget the name of the cover song on that or um but that that was beautiful Cheers. Yeah, it's uh that's that's an oldie, an oldie but a goodie. <laughs> yeah. Trying to pull up your new album, but th- and there's the music video. Oh, it's not visible ink. The right? new album isn't up yet. It's um the front cover's too wonderful. I think I'm gonna save it and just reveal it on release day. <laughs> oh, awesome. So yeah, I have my artist friend from England design it. There's so that logo. sign up for your newsletter. Will we get the announcement of when that comes out? That's a, I'm seriously going to make a note right now <laughs> to do that. Gosh, it really does. Write a newsletter. I see the monstrance now. Yeah. It's all the things. Yeah. There's the cool logo for Enemy Love Records. Can the, can our listeners see that? No. That's why I keep <laughs> referencing for our listeners. <laughs> oh, well, I might be able to. You're going to post this on YouTube too. Yeah. So. Are yeah. we? Wait, I've been. Mm. Never as far as I know, no, that sounds like a personal issue. <laughs> wow. I thought you were a handsome guy. I don't, I didn't think that your face. Oh, so he said, Thought, not think. Oh, yeah, that's true. What Still happened? Sorry. What previously on the thoughts of Scott? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for nerding out with us, Emma. We are the Catholic Nerds. Scott Smith. Mary Reed. Cody Reed. (laughs) Colby Allen. Eric Dumont. Please do subscribe to this podcast and share it with all your friends, Catholic or not. And remember, if there's something strange going on in your neighborhood, who are you going to call? Catholic Nerds.